Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. men say a podcast where we are going to analyze the game of the weekend against Bolton Wanderers did he say game of the weekend though? at the game weekend I thought he said game it certainly wasn't the game of the weekend <laughs> well it wasn't even the game d- of the last what, 20 years depends what angle you're trying to take <laughs> yeah. um, so myself and Gareth are joined by Mickey Love tonight Lee Howie was going to come along but he's going to he's, he's doing it next week he's now. postponed it for a week hasn't yeah. he okay so anybody who <laughs> every single Sunderland fan I know Going into this game, we're saying, well, this will be the game the Bolton win because they get pumped five by five most weeks. Um, they've cobbled together a side. They did get a nil-nil draw midweek, and I think everybody looked at that and thought, oh, God, you know what's coming next. And if it wasn't for a last minute or in, uh, an equaliser deep into injury time, they would have had the first one of the season. Used two were there, so I'm going to let you just maybe go off on one for a little bit. So you're saying that we exceeded expectation by getting the point there? <laughs> well, positive. Positive spins. I mean, it was there was so many aspects of it that were were bad um, across the board, really. Um, and I mean, it was so it was so disjointed. I think you know the discussion after the Akron game the other week that you guys had, you know, got a bit of criticism from some quarters. You know, and I would criticise it too in some respects if you win. But the problem is, if you follow on from there with, you know, poor results, which we've had, the justification, you know, for that argument becomes clearer and you haven't got a leg to stand on if you're going to tell people to shut up. That game at the weekend is a gimme. You know, I know certainly the reaction, yeah, we'd had a few drinks and that, but if we lost that game, I think that would have been our most embarrassing result in our history to lose to a team who have got minus 10 points, you know, who have been, you know, a group of players who have been chucked together in three weeks. Um, you know, we've never been as low as this in, you know, in our history from a, you know, football league perspective. And, yeah, I, I think, it, you know, it would have been the most embarrassing result in our history, to be honest, if we lost that game, especially considering, yes, it's a different Bolton team and they got a result in the week. And they had, but before that, they'd been conceding hatfuls of goals. People are going to look at that on paper. So, you know, that team should be good enough to beat them, even if Bolton play like they did, 2 or 3 nil in the game. And we didn't even look like, I mean, the penalty, it was a penalty, but it easily could have not been given on another day. And, you know, we did not deserve... What do people equalizer. mainly put the bad performance down to? 
saw the penalty massively papered over the cracks and I think that's the biggest concern. So Jack Ross, I was disappointed after the game to hear him say, oh, well, all we need to do is keep clean sheets. And obviously, there's a certain logic to that because if we keep a clean sheet and we still get that penalty, we win 1-0. But we've only conceded more than a goal once a season, is that right, Peterborough? Where we got uh, beat Probably, three. yeah. Yeah. So we've not conceded more than one goal. And we've got all of these, um, in theory, really good players going forward. So I would argue, especially on Saturday, and we saw to a certain extent the Rotherham game, we're not doing enough going forward. Even though we're not keeping the clean sheets, I would argue that that's been our Achilles heel for a while now, that we're not doing enough in offensive areas, despite the likes of Maguire and McGeady and Grigby on the pitch. I mean, we did have a bit of a bash at the end, and towards the last 15 minutes, um, you know, the keeper made a few good saves. Obviously, we're... He made a great save just after we after we scored, and you know he tipped one onto the the angle of post and bar looked like it was in. I think it was all nine. I think coming at the back post, um, somehow find themselves at left back. But that, that's a discussion for later, I guess. Um, but we didn't really. There was no. It wasn't cohesive. You know, there was. It wasn't joined up play. That was a problem. And I don't know why. I mean, in the first half of times when we decided to settle it and keep it. We broke them, broke through them. Like I think there was two or three occasions in the first half where we broke through, and it came from just keeping the ball. Now, the whole people don't interpret this as you're blaming the fans, you're slagging off the fans, but you have to talk about the tension that's there, mm-hmm. that is being created for a number of reasons, and people are within the right to express their opinions at the match and that. But like, it, it was just a case of like, if we get, if we keep the ball. It's a problem, like people look morning, you know, you get up to field and all that kind of thing. Someone launches the ball and gives it away in the morning about that because we try to get it forward quickly and didn't work. You know, they can't do right for doing wrong at the moment, but the players have got to be stronger than that mentally and overcome it um, and do just concentrate. And at the moment, it feels as though they've just, you know, lost that that ability to block everything out and believe in themselves and play their own game. But they'll know the same as fans. Uh, the, the pressures on the manager. Everybody knows inside and out of football club, you, you can look at results and at situations and have a conversation. And say, managers in trouble here, and and that's where Sunderland are at the moment. And the players will know that. And especially if they like them, they're obviously going to struggle with it. And we always say, or anybody would always say, the home crowd is one thing, especially when you have a big home crowd like we do. But when you lose the away fans. That's normally when things are too, are too hard to recover from for a manager. I think as well, it didn't help us in the sense that the Bolton, naturally, they're going to feel like a very united club at the moment. Now, that might sound silly given what they've been through, but it's because of that struggle. Now, they've got a football club, they're just grateful to exist and they're grateful to have that club. So, when they put together any kind of competent performance, their fans are going to get right behind them. Like we did at the weekend, the players were all grafting for each other and they were putting in a lot of work rate and the crowd were responding to that and then at suddenly at the minute you've got the polar opposite because people are frustrated but they don't really know who to pin the blame on whether it's Jack Ross whether it's a recruitment are the players as good as what we think they are um, has Jack Ross um, saw themselves short has he lost everybody so as I say it was just a real contrast on Saturday I think between the two clubs even though that we're in a much healthier state like objectively at the moment, as I say, Bolton are just grateful for everything we had, so it made it a difficult game. It, it was a, <clears throat> a difficult game, but we never, they were never really, you know, that little spell in the first half, obviously at the post when they got in. But I mean, Hume had an absolute nightmare again. Um, 
and you know the game we're deficient in that area I know the Bok is going to be available to play now apparently so we'll see what happens there um, but we don't even know who, what he's like at all we don't know if he's any good it's a you know a stab in the dark transfer I mean again we can talk you know, Mickey talk about the group and we can talk about that in a little while as well. Um but I mean the goal it's three touches of a ball. That from that from where they've taken that free kick, how many times do you see teams score from a free kick from there? And then to score in three touches including the kick of the ball and the strike of the ball into the net. There's there's two Bolton players, like and there's about six Sunderland players and he's managed to head the ball down and then the lad's got the freedom in the six-yard box to smash it home into an open goal. It's one of them goals where you know objectively it's not offside in a million years. You know there's been no handball, no infringement, but you think that's just got, that can't be allowed. Yeah. That was so simple. Like yeah. That can't be, there must be a reason for it, but it's like you say, we're just completely static. Yeah. And there's players there who have played you know, championship football. You've got players who have played international football for Northern Ireland. Um, defending there and that is unforgivable defending and the look at that and the manager might look at it and go well what will help us out lads but why does it keep happening why do we why do we concede consistently from these cross from crosses into the box never mind that which is I mean next level pathetic just concede that goal so this is the worry, I think, and the reason why a lot of people are starting to question Jack Ross. I mean, I've always been a big fan of his so far, but I'm starting to doubt him now and have done it to a certain extent this season because we were told when he came that defensively he's not great at setting the team up and that we would concede um, plenty of goals. But he, he compensates for that going forward because his teams are really good to watch and you score plenty of goals. But we're not seeing anything. We're kind of seeing like a halfway house where we're conceding a few, but not really being that bad. But we're conceding the poor goal every game. Going forward, we're scoring goals, but it's not cohesive. So it's a point we've made. The longer Ross has had with this team, and the longer he's had to put his stamp on it, the more we're regressing. And I just can't see how he now turns this around. I think hopefully people can understand why we reacted the way we did at Accrington now. <laughs> Because the alarm bells were there. No, I don't think it was invalid. No, it's no, just when it the, comes after... If you if you win the games, yeah, it's but, justified. So, but so my point is, I think... And I, I don't want to play that you know, if you were there card because, I, you know, as you know, for, for reasons that I don't go to most of the away games, so I'm not going to play that card on anybody. But I think people who were there could see... So you mentioned there the performance uh, against Bolton, how it was disjointed and unorganised, and it was exactly the same. And we, we won by default because they were so bad. And it's not often you come away from a game winning 3-1 where you think that. What's happened, what Jack Ross didn't need to do after that was draw two games 1-1 at home and Rotherham and then away well, to, uh, you, you against Bolton. You can't drop any points against Bolton. We discussed so, this over and over again on on the podcast. It's not the results against better teams that are a problem. It's the results... Last season against the weaker teams in the league, I still and we've want... done it. We've done it again twice this season. We've drawn with Oxford, and we've drawn with, uh, and we've drawn with uh, Bolton. Bolton, you have to. Oxford beat them won six 0 on Saturday. Yeah. <laughs> you have, but you have to beat. You have to beat them twice. You have. Uh, yeah, you no, have no, to beat Bolton. Of course, without saying, uh, I think I, I still want Ross to succeed. You know, I really, I really do. But he's got to give me a hand here as well. Um, you know th- th- those two results were just not. It's the fact they all one one, and that's so symbolic as well, isn't it? Now with with Sunderland since they've been in this division, that particular result. 
this is the thing. So, like, where are the green shoots of recovery that this could turn around? Because you look at it all over the pitch, and we don't know what our best options are. And I know that team selections and formation should be fluid, but you should still have some kind of idea in your mind of what your best eleven is when everybody's available in an ideal world. But you look across the front, um, like McNulty, I know he scored um, like two goals and he anticipated um, Ozturk's ball over the top well against Rotherham. But Yapton and Stanley goals are tapping, same with the Rotherham goal to a certain extent. Um, Charlie White, we've all talked about like the merits and the deficiencies of him. And Will Grigg, we just can't get them to defrost, never mind being on fire. So I just don't really understand like all over the pitch what our best combinations are. I mean, we keep on putting all nine in the centre midfield and dropping them back to the right back. We keep on putting Dobson in and Ledbetter. And it's just a bit of a mess at the minute. I just can't see where this is going to turn around. That is a, that's the worry, isn't it? It's- you know, when when you start the second half with, I mean, McLaughlin probably had his best half for for Sunderland, like in that in that second half. To be fair to him, but it's, I mean, it's not hard after the start he's had. Um, and you've got you've got a problem. Like if you end up having to put Luke O'Nine at left back, he's played in you know attacking centre midfield, right back and left back in the space of no time at all. He was all over the pitch against Ipswich again. Like, like back earlier in the season, he played in three positions in the game, three different positions. You know, it's a, it's a problem. Like, you know, you there's just so many things on Saturday that were, it felt like the, you know, the 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 culmination of the, the issues that are there, um, outside of the the positive results that we've had, um, and like you say, I think it's the green shoots thing. It's like if you hack your way through that game and win it two or three nil playing badly at least you can say well yeah we didn't play well but we got out of there with the result and we need to work on what to do better and people have a conversation about that ultimately if you you need a last minute penalty to draw the game with you know a team that will be in league two next season then you know you've got a real real problem and you know there was things like you know Ross was arguing with like the linesman you never see you never see Jack Ross like having a go at the officials like you, you know, usually it's Jimmy Fowler who's like in the the third, the fourth official, but you'll never see him like speaking to the linesman. And it was over something that was pathetic as well because McGeady was going on like an idiot in the second half over something that had happened because he was frustrated and it was he had nothing to complain about, but he, you know, he threw his toys out the pram and. It's how finely balanced it is, though, for the manager now, isn't it? And again, this is what we mentioned well, you, after I'm the sure. Accrington game where we said we went one down, and the crowd didn't turn, but had we lost that game, they would have. And it's the, it's the, when the away fans go, yeah. you've got a problem. And this is all we were trying to acknowledge then as well. One ones in two games since that one against Bolton, which isn't enough. I guess the one thing that gives them a bit of time, I think, is the fact this takeover still hasn't happened yet. So are the are the people there likely now to to want to have to pay a manager off well, when they think <clears throat> they are thinking will be let the new guys do that as a statement. When they come in, that would be the logic. Well, the thing is, think. he's not going to be on a huge amount of money, and he's in the last year of his contract. So, in terms of a compensation, it it, it wouldn't be great. I mean, it's horrible to talk about that sort of thing. Um, but what the new owners, the new on the new owners, no matter how much money they've got, can't really do anything financially for the club until we move up a level. However, what they can do financially is pay compensation to another club for a manager. Mm. So I would say, you know, if they've got some, if, if they come in and they decide, well, we 
because that money will you know it, it's just money externally that they're paying it's it's not like uh you know like bringing in players transfer fees wages things like that it's a, it's a different thing with a manager so they can probably if there was somebody that fancied somewhere else they could potentially try and buy out their contract um but i mean jack ross is still there and i know you said earlier like i think there's about willing to succeed i think the vast majority of sunderland fans in any situation will want you'll always get the odds you know who will you know mourn about like you know if something positive happens you know it won't be their fault and if something you know it won't be to do with ross and then if something negative happens it's definitely to do with ross it's like the sort of benitez bruce situation up the road like steve bruce now it's basically like whatever he does is wrong and that that's what it'll be like for for some people for jack ross once the fans have made their mind up on a manager that's yeah, it that's it yeah um so you got to hope you know but it's just like you know you were at um bradford under poyet weren't you mm. and it felt a little bit like that you know because obviously poyet had come out and made those comments after the qbr game um, and, and then Poye after that game, he made a big point of kind of going over to the players and kind of like high five and hugging and say, "Oh, it's not your fault." Like shielding uh, from those nasty we, fans. We, and that's not what Ross did on Saturday, by the way. We um, were at that Bradford game in a media capacity, Gareth Oldman. Mm. So we saw Poye after the game, and he, his behaviour was very, you know, when people do the whole whistling thing as if to say, "I'm not bothered, I'm not, I'm calm," and it was yeah, overcompensating yeah, yeah. for the fact he was worried. His interview, he, he tore shreds out of Simon Pride, who was who was doing that game instead of Nick Barnes when um, he was having a go at Simon Pride, saying, "Well, you didn't play professional football and stuff like that." He was being very, very uh, yeah, icy, he was, wasn't yeah. he? And you could tell then, you know, this he, this guy's in trouble. And now we we not we aren't we aren't saying Ross behind the scenes and stuff like that, but he's he's not a human. I, I'm still I'm still rooting for him and, and hope, hoping he's going to do it. Now he's he's got a bit of time because the the ownership thing, but I mean. It would be interesting to be flying the wall in the but how in, much? in the training ground now, wouldn't it? To see to see how the players are reacting to it, because like you said themselves, they they know clearly they know. <clears throat> I just that think there's, that, pro- that there's some things the, on the horizon. The worry for me as well is the you know to come out and say it's not the desire that's a problem. I, I would say that they looked off, just not right mentally in that game at the weekend. They weren't at it. Like they weren't, the desire wasn't there in my opinion. They were playing with the weight of the world on the shoulders, but they weren't embracing it in that we need to do better. It was, well, whatever we do here, we can't win anyway. So it was all a bit, the shoulders were down. You know, every mistake obviously was greeted with disappointment, but there wasn't anybody like, they weren't like jeeing each other up to do better. There, there wasn't any sort of togetherness to, to me in that team in terms of the way they played. Or the attitude towards each other, when someone had made an error or a mistake, they weren't backing each other up. You know, they weren't trying to lift each other, um, and that's something we, you know, regardless of what the results have been or or what the performances have been like, we've seen that in this Sunderland team over the last sort of fifteen months, and that wasn't there at the weekend. And that, along with the poor performances, along with the, I think your this green shoots of recovery, the. There's nothing at the weekend where you can go, well, at least, you know, we could see this or see what he's trying to do or this player played well or, you know, we just needed to click or whatever. There was none of that. It was just like, well, it looks like a team of strangers. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. 
That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too. Like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat all from the comfort of your home. Visit betterhelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Which is really worrying when you consider how many games he's now had at the club. And this is, I think, a problem going forward. So you know how people talk about, well, he needs to get an X number of points out of these next few games if he wants to have any hope of turning it around. Well, I think a manager's already gone if you reach that point because... Let's save it against MK Dons. Um, we go out there and we absolutely like like batter them, but we have our favourite scoreline of 1-1. Does that mean he has to go? Or if we go out there and we play terrible and we score with a last-minute penalty and win 1-0, does that mean his job's safe? So I think once you're down that road, probably, it's a very slippery slope. He probably doesn't want a home game next because if we think back to Steve Bruce, who, when we played Wigan at home in the Premier League and we went 1-0 up, and then Wigan came back and won the game 2-1. It was clear, because of the fan, the way the stadium was that day, he wasn't going to manage a game, wasn't it? it was Gus Poyet well, in a similar thing yeah. with the, with the, well, Villa, with man- the Villa game. It was a manner of the, how we lost all the game. Mm. Obviously, absolute catastrophe against Villa for Poyet. But the Wigan one wasn't. The, we, were, well, we were winning 1-0. It was a disaster. Terrible because, goals to concede. Oh, like, well, one yeah. was in the last minute, and it yeah. was a, a back pass, an underhead back yeah, pass. Yeah, yeah. Oh, terrible so, goals to concede. But, but, what, but, but the, the calamity makes the... You have to stick one in the top corner from 40 yards but, and you go blindly. But what, okay, so but I would say what would equate to fans seeing a calamity in the Premier League would be Sunderland getting another 1-1 draw in this division. Do you know what I mean? It's as in context. Well, if we conceded as, like a last-minute equaliser, you know, that went 1-1. It's, it's, and I don't, I don't, like, we all know what's coming. And I don't want to, I like Jack Ross so much that I don't, I don't, if we go a goal down, it might not even be in the next game, but at some point when we go goal down, the stadium of light's going to turn and it might affect the players and we might not get a result and then it's going to be bad. So from your point and of view at the minute then, why are you so determined for like Ross to... because I like him more than anything. Like more, like him more than anything? <laughs> yeah. Or you like no, him? No, no, I mean more, more than, more than any, any logic. It's just... It's just <laughs> right. He... he he In theory, should be exactly what we need. Yeah, exactly. yeah Like a young... Manager, he's he's intelligent. He's articulate. He's good with the press. He understand. I think he does understand the club and what and what the fans want. He's forward thinking. The players say they like him. They like his training sessions, and everything is there. Yeah. But the game management doesn't appear to be there, and that is the bottom line no. in football. That the bottom line is you want your manager to be able to prepare your team to get a result on on a, on a weekend, and we've seen. Plenty of managers who forged a really good career for themselves who appear to be tactically inept, but they don't. They rely on other people to do that, and they just manage the games, and they manage the players, and they know how to get results and how to turn games around. And I'm just concerned we don't have that. Do you not feel as though everything we need at the moment is somebody who's 
going to get us out of this league because that is everything. That's all we need yeah. at the moment. And, 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 and it's ironic that we've, for however many years, been saying we don't need short-termism <laughs> at the club. We need to think long-term. Well, we've not been in this at, very situation well, not, very often. At the minute, it's flipped on its head, isn't it, to the point where you think we can't, you keep saying it, we're not sustainable in this division. So we need someone to get us out of it by hook or by crook and worry about long-termism when you're in the championship and you've got <clears> new owners who might want to change things. And even if that means being a little bit ruthless to whoever it is that's got you there, you worry about that later on down the line, have don't you? Got, you? Have you got, if you had to go out and try and get somebody, do you know what it does? I was conscious of doing this with, with them still being in a oh, job. Well it, well, it doesn't matter. With supporters, we can have this discussion. Know, it's we, not, we, haven't got, we haven't got um, any like professional responsibility to the club. I mean, or to not, not, not on, my choice, and I've, I've expressed it to you before, would be Mark Robbins. Okay. I think not not experience of getting a team out of this division, but he got he took over Coventry, who were a basket case as far as basket case clubs go. They they are probably the worst. They don't even play in the home ground again. No money to spend on players whatsoever. Hardly anyone turns up. So even when they were playing at Coventry, that this like massive stadium that was empty, um, massive feeling of negativity. And he won league. He got them promoted from League Two. He won the Checker Trade Trophy, and he. He knows it will put a team together. Attacking football is, is, is what well, I say. Well, that's because I saw a few of you talking about Hewton. I think like people will go like, well... No, definitely not. But it's just like as soon as it, he could probably get us promoted, but as soon as it starts to go bad, people get sick because he's too he's it, a negative yeah. manager. If people are going to complain about the style of football yeah. that Jack Ross has, Chris Hewton is not your man. Chris Hewton is not the man for Sunderland fans. And I know it's something we've all like mocked West Ham fans for and stuff in the past, but fan bases do have preferences of how they want their sides to set up. And with us... I don't even think it's a an attacking thing or a passing thing. It's it's intensity. Fans here want to see a bit of intensity, um, and uh, Chris Hilton's not going to give you that. So you'd be yeah. If 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 you're one of these people who are slagging Jack Ross's style of football off, Chris Hilton's not your man. No. So have a think about who you want to come in if if this does happen. I think my worry would definitely be who would be making that decision of, to bring the new manager in because the new owners that are coming in, it's no real secret that they've got no massive like football background. They don't really, certainly don't know a lot about like lower league football. And if Stuart Donald and Charlie Metfin are on, like, are we, do we trust them to make the right decision? I think they're going to have to. In comp- when you compare them to the new people coming in, you're going to you're going to have to. The football, the, you know, the, the football fans are two of them, aren't they? And, it's not like Jack Ross has been a disaster. You couldn't see yeah. it. I mean, you, we'll know, you couldn't see it. It was quite. Before, a, it was quite. An inve- it was quite a creative appointment, yeah. wasn't it? They, you'd have the thought outside the box a bit. They've, he ticks many attributes we all want. He hasn't, we've he hasn't and he hasn't done terribly at not, all. Yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah, but he's just fallen short for too too often. So the discussions are happening, and that's that's what that's the situation. I mean, remember it, it, yeah. the man before people who were discussing he came in was Chris Wilder. So, you know, he would have been a pretty decent appointment <laughs> if we got him. But let's not talk about that because it's too depressing. <laughs> what about you, Mickey? Who who would you sort of... If you had to pick somebody off the top of your head, who would you pick? I've not really even given it much no. consideration because until Saturday I was that fully behind Jack Ross. <laughs> Hashtag respect for yeah, me. But, sure. um, shake, shake your hand emoji. <laughs> Clap hand emoji. I, mean, I agree with respect. Stephen. I still do want Ross to be at the club. I still want to succeed. But my worry is it's just gone too far that, like you say, the tiniest little negative will get jumped on and maybe blown out of proportion slightly whereas if, even if he wins five games in a row people are still probably not going to allow him to build that cash in the bank so it's tricky mm. I've got a name in mind go on then 
I would try and go and get Paul Cook from Wigan for many reasons, but mainly because... Well, give, just give us a couple of them, Gareth. <laughs> play, they score a lot of goals, play attacking football. Will Grigg. He knows what, how, get, how, he knows how mm-hmm. to make Will Grigg score goals. If Will Grigg scores goals for Sunderland, we get promoted. He's been promoted from this division twice. People say, yeah, he's in the championship at the moment. If he came in, you said, right, if you come in now, three years' time, you could be with the backing we've got, and if we believe in you, you could be, have Sunderland promote to the Premier League. Wigan can't, Wigan won't be able to support you in that way. You know, you could be in, you know, you could be, you know, come here, you're going to be in the Championship next season because you're going to get us promoted, aren't you? So then you back yourself. And would you rather be in the Championship with Wigan or would you rather be in the Championship with Sunderland? Um, so I know it's an arrogant approach, but I would no, say... No, you need to be like that. You need to be like know, that. Yeah. I, would, I would be thinking, go to Sunderland because you've, he knows how to get out of this league, he knows how to play attacking football and he knows how to make Will Griggs score goals at this level and that's mm. what we need at the moment. It's a decent shout. I, I, I would like the idea, um, the sort of... The, the message it would put out if we were to go to a championship club yeah. and take that manager. That is the kind yeah. of confidence we need to be shown now here. Um, well, I think he seems like quite a straight-talking fella. Um, he's, you know, built... You know, he obviously they went down again. He got, again. He got up out up. of League 2, didn't he? Yeah, well? he did. Yeah. Uh, so he's had a promotion there. Um, and, you know, he he's, he's sort of rebuilt that team again this season after they got promoted. Um, and, you know, they've got to sign some reasonable players and... You know they're not doing too badly in the championship at the moment, so he's probably you know he might say, well, I'm in the next like sort of phase of building here, but like you know the clubs are, the clubs are miles apart. Yeah, exactly. And Anybody that, and who can think gotta, slightly long term yeah. knows that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he's got if he does his due diligence and decides that if, if he would like managers then got to go. Well, is this the right move for me now? If you're going to try and do that, whoever it is, that's a, that would be the person that I'd be. Like that would be the first name that comes to my head. I'd be looking at it and going, I'd be trying. If we can spend some money to try and take a manager from somebody else, I don't know how long he's got left in his contract. And some people might be like, oh, that's ridiculous. He's not like a name or whatever. Because I know people talk about getting like Pete, like Keane or an Aldice or whatever, if you had to. Or, you know, Kevin Phillips or someone like that. I mean, the idea is like, if it works, the idea is brilliant. If it doesn't work, I mean, that's why I'd have a reservation about someone like Robbins, where it's like, it is that there's still an element of a gamble there. Um, whereas, like someone with Cook, I think like he's proven he can get, I know, he can prove no, he can no, do the things saying, we need him to do, yeah, and that's why, in I'd, theory, why less I'd of a gamble than Ross because he knows the division. He's got a team playing well in the division, yeah, and he has had a team promoted from League Two before, so and he would still be you would class him as a yeah. And we've got you know obviously we've got Max Power in there who's a key player for him, and we've you know he's Greg was a key player, so you know someone comes in there who knows some of the, the key players in the squad who's got experience in the league, knows how to get promoted, and he's got that incentive of going, well, I can, prove, I can test, because if he wants to prove himself as a manager, how far can he actually go at Wigan? Whereas there's a glass ceiling there, where at Sunderland there's no glass ceiling. He, he, there isn't. Like, if, if we've got, if the money coming into the club is the level of money we've got, there isn't a glass ceiling. You can just be like, you know, top four Premier Leagues, if you're talking about money, that we could compete financially in that, but from the way they're talking, so you know, I'd be saying you'd be backing yourself, wouldn't you? And every thing about all the managers who've gone, oh, I'm not sure about um, the situation at the club, but I f- like if, if I turn it around at Sunderland, then I'm going to be like, 
a hero. You know, and that that's a lot of managers I think probably come to Sunderland and fail on, on in that. You know, they're not mentally or fully prepared for what would, you know, come if it doesn't go well. So but anyway. But Jack Ross is still there anyway. He is, so. yeah. He is. Does anybody so listen, Jack? Sorry, but you know, we have to talk about these things. Does anybody place any importance on this game against Sheffield United midweek? Yeah. Yes? Okay. Purely because you might look at it and say, oh, well, people wouldn't be bothered if we've got beat. But when you come off the back of two terrible results, if we go down there and we get beat 3 or 4 nil comfortably, then people are going to be on such a low going into the MK Dons game. Mm. I think with the level of pressure now, I, I just can't see people being like a bit being like blase about it. I think people see it as further evidence of Jack Ross's failings and it'll be a further opportunity to stick a knife in. So I think it's important that we go down there, not even necessarily win the game, but just go there, show a bit of fight, show that we can compete. Because Sheffield United won't put a full-strength team out, no way, because they're, they're all about staying in the Premier League. So if we go down there and put together a similar performance than we did against Burnley, you go into the MK Dons game with a little bit of belief back. But the if pressure's go, off them, I guess. Exactly. As well, yeah. and if, if you get through the 90 minutes... And you and you've drawn the game. You've got you know a puncher's chance and a penalty shootout. So you know because it goes straight to pens, doesn't it? So you know if you feel, if you fancy yourself to get through the ninety minutes with you know without losing the game, you've got a chance of getting through the next round of the cup. So and well, you know Lynch will come in. You would have thought for um, Willis, not Leuven's, Um and he won't be playing on the wing. Um, and the bot will come in at left back. Um, so we'll get to see them for the first time and see what they're like. Sort of midfielder to really get all of the game. Well, we've got a billion of them, so like exactly. I think one of them would one have of a bash them it is. About time, yeah. I think Ledbetter's been so disappointing. I he's mean, been, I know, he's been terrible. I know, this season. He, I, really, really poor. He's just like he's just standing there, like in space on his own, and he can't do anything to influence the game, and it's sad. Um, they haven't found the right way to use him. We massively miss Carmel. I mean, people talk about you know the right time to go and all that. Probably is, but like he was a but he was better playing this level. Like he was probably one of our best players, and we miss him because he gave us some aggression, mm-hmm. some nastiness, but he also gave us a presence. Mm-hmm. I think other other teams are probably like actually captain all, you know, and you know we 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 badly miss him in there. I mean, talking about recruitment was sort of hinted at the idea of Tornava was interested and obviously Lee how he was going to be on was saying on Twitter on Saturday about how he thought you know the the players we've got should be smashing the league and then you look at you know Gordon Armstrong today saying he thinks the players we've got aren't good enough um, and there's two ex-footballers with two very very different opinions <laughs> on the situation I would say my opinion falls somewhere in the middle in that I think we have got the players who are good enough to get us out of the they league. Are, they are good However, enough. we haven't recruited properly because that's why we've got Lugo 9 playing at left-back. Yeah. And we haven't recruited properly because we've got no variety in that team at all. There's no The changes you make are like for like in every position. There's no... Like, you don't think like... You might you could argue, well, you bring White on to hold it or flick it or whatever you're supposed to be able to do. Um, and do something different to the other two forwards who are both on the shoulder sort of strikers on there in McNulty and Grigg but you haven't got any real height and physicality in there you haven't got any real athleticism in there I know Dobson's quite rangy but you know you haven't got any pace you haven't got somebody you can bring on and go just like get on the ball mm. and run at them 
That would be the concern with bringing Robbins in. He's he builds company teams that are very piercey, yeah. and very powerful. But why why is it that come, everybody why is it everybody looks and goes? This is the problem. Why yeah. is it everyone looks and goes? What you need to succeed in football now is pace and physicality, mm. and we've gone. Actually, it's five foot six centre midfielders <laughs> who pass the ball sideways. Can I have ten of those, please? <laughs> yeah, that's a frustrating thing. I mean, worry would be with any manager who comes in now. You can't make out a squad of players play like that. So it's January minimum before you do anything. Then it could be a case of like, oh, well, it's all about next season for us again. And you're in a very dangerous place when you start to think like that because we need to get out of this well, the division. League, the league isn't this that great season. this season from what we've seen. It's terrible. Nowhere near as good as last At year. At least Portsmouth are doing worse than us. Yeah, but <laughs> this is that you like going blimey. Like, the need to get stuck in get stuck into it sooner rather than later and this was the chance I know I said a couple of pods ago about I would expect us to be top of the league you know if we had won those two games against Rotherham and, and Bolton we'd, I think we'd be second so it's, we're near enough we would have been there or thereabouts yeah. and those are games that you should be winning I mean draw against Rotherham fair enough in the, in the context of the game Rotherham sort of made it difficult but they should they should be winning they should be winning those games they should definitely be beating Bolton and now they've left them. You know, you want to get ahead. Of, you want to get ahead of the game, so you you're not under pressure chasing it. You know, you want to give yourself a bit of a breathing space. And if you get a bad result, you go, "Well, it's disappointing." But like, we're still top of the league. We haven't been top of the league since we've been down. I know we won the first game of the season against Charlton. You can't count that because it was the same round of round of full round of fixtures hadn't been played, and we weren't top of the league after that either. But that's it's not. That's not a good. That's I think that's the most damning statistic that people could point at is that we've not been top. And how often have we been second since we've been down? Not enough. Four or five weeks, yeah, maybe. Not enough. Off the top of my head. Right, we'll be back in some <laughs> form on Thursday. Is anyone Pre- going tomorrow? Or? Uh, no, I was thinking about it, but I've decided again. Is it tomorrow or Wednesday? Wednesday. Well, Wednesday. Yeah, Wednesday. I've decided again. <laughs> still time. Make still time to go. Sheffield's mud. one of those where you must be mad. Sheffield's one of those that's in Yorkshire. You think it's closer than it is. It's actually yeah. quite a trick when you get in the car and drive down there. Not so really fan of Bromley, it's South Yorkshire, isn't it? So it's quite far. Yeah, no, yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay, we'll be back later on in the week to look at that MK Dons game. Must win game that one of all must win games. Thanks for listening. <laughs>